lawyer talk, bringing the mail off the record. It's been a while since we've had a grab bag. You know, we get so many questions all the time that we have to uh, really uh, zero in and, and field them, I think, every now and then. So, in fact, yeah. if uh, what we're going to do is knock off a bunch of them right now, but if there is a question here on lawyer talk you want to hear us address, uh, just give us a shout. You can go to ohiolegaldefense.com. We have a little podcast tab. You click on that. It'll bring up a little thing for email questions. Send them in. If you want to talk to us in person, we can arrange that too. 614-224-6142. Ask for Jared. Ask for Bill. Ask for Steve. Ask for Jeff. We are here for you. Uh, and, of course, anytime on Wednesday, feel free to try to phone in to the Blitz. But, uh, again, those lines get pretty busy. That's why we provide this generous service. So every now, anybody who's followed us knows that we uh, will take your questions and read them. Uh, so that's why we're here. Um, we have, uh, the first question I have is somebody contacted me and was curious about a show up or actually a photo array. And here's what happened. Uh, there was a hit skip investigation. So it turns out, Jared, that every now and then people will either... Well, I'll let you just figure out for yourself why they might not want to stop after they had an accident and then they cruise home and uh, maybe leave a piece of their car or like a license plate or something. The old license plate. <laughs> right. Yeah. Something I've, there. I've known a number of people that have gotten hit with the old license plate. Right. Well, have you Go been off road area? and you catch somebody's driveway yeah. and it rips it off the Sometimes front. Sometimes it's the whole fender with Sometimes the license the whole... plate on it. <laughs> yep. I've seen that. Well, we had, uh, I've had somebody contact me and it turns out that, uh, an individual's license plate to see Oh, the other thing is, I mean, if you didn't know, there are databases yeah, where if a police officer puts in the license plate number, it'll come back to the registered owner of the car. And that's usually where they start their investigation. So if you do get all wasted, run into something, and uh, your license plate falls off, or someone, I mean, in the worst case scenario, your license plate falls off, uh, they are probably going to contact the registered owner of the car. Now, if you happen not to be the driver, well... Not by the letter. Usually they're... <coughs> usually it's a knock. Yeah, usually it's a knock on the door. Sometimes you get a little card that's, uh, that's sort of wedged in between the doorknob and the door frame with a detective's name on it. Uh, believe it or not, there's a whole department over it. Columbus Police Department accident investigation. That's what they do. Uh, and just a side note on this: when they do knock on the door, they interview interview you. Typically, you might get obstruction of justice, falsification charges, because then you tend to lie about being in yeah. the car. So, yeah, just and don't talk. They may not lead, just call us. They may not actually lead with "We found your driver, right. your license plate." Right. I mean, they're probably going to say something like, "Hey, just checking in, wondering where Is you were Tony last night." Here? Hey, Tony, how Tony. you doing? Got, yeah. got a second, I got a few questions. So a couple things about that. Uh, the question really was more specific because the police officer had made contact with an individual and they were threatening to do a photo array. A photo array is a procedure where the police will go and print out a, usually nine, I believe, maybe 12 photographs, and they'll take them from people's driver's license photos. Now, they have those on the computer, the database which is the other sort of unique tool the police officers have. If, you, they're, if the other side is describing the person as a tall, blonde-headed guy and it really is a short, uh, dark-haired gal, well, I mean, they can pull up the photo and, and see the height, weight photo or the uh, hair color, eye color, all that stuff. Uh, and what they'll do, though, is say, Bill, you have been victimized by a hit skipper leaving the scene of an accident. Somebody ran into your car, took off, 
you said, no, I know who it was. I saw that guy. Yeah. Uh, he was an older gentleman, very distinguished looking, had nice gray hair that was trimmed at the sides neatly like an executive might be driving. It was a BMW, and uh, I, I'll know it when I see him. Yep. So they bring you down, and they put you in a little room in the police department, and they bring out an array of photographs, two-by-twos or one-by-two, whatever they would be, that uh, they have all been created in theory. They, are, they're, they try to get people who look the same. Do they pull also just random people from the same database, from, from the yep. driver's license? Photos, yeah. just anybody? Yes. So they can just use my photo. Like I may have been in a lineup and didn't know it. Yes. Yep. We'll and spread them all on the table for you. Now I've got a good friend that went and got his driver's license and he, you know, the Billy Bob teeth? Yeah. You know, the teeth that you put in, they, they're all crooked, they're all stuck <laughs> yeah, out yeah, like yeah, this. Yeah. He showed me his driver's license. He was smiling really big with those Billy Bob teeth in it. And I said, how did you do that? He said, I had to, talk. He had to go in with them on. And talk to her, and then when they sit down, and, and he smiled really big with the crooked ass Billy Bob teeth. Soon they're not even gonna let you smile. Do you hear that? Now they have like these these federal oh, IDs that you no smile. Do. Yeah, they're gonna make it. Mm. They're gonna make it like passports for facial recognition stuff. But anyway, they'll pick a bunch of pictures. Smiling throws off the facial recognition. I think so. And he contort like they're trying to keep it very consistent, and uh, that's what they're doing. I don't have any specific. Um, that's all right. Research on it. Maybe that'll be another lawyer talk question. Probably not. But uh, they'll put out these photos, and usually they put them all on one. I think they can generate it on a computer now, so it's just one sheet. And uh, you pick out the right person. And in theory, you're supposed to get like-looking folks. In other words, you're not going to put a female in a photo array full of males. Or you're not going to put a man of a different uh, race, for instance. So a black guy with eight white guys, and the guy described only one black guy, you know. (laughs) You're picking. It's very suggestive. Yeah, th- that's exactly the right word because the U.S. Supreme Court in Neal versus Biggers years ago said it cannot be suggestive, and they've also pointed out in that case, by the way, that a this is not necessarily a photo array, but an eyewitness identification is the most unreliable bit of evidence uh, to be presented in a courtroom. Or they had some very flowery language to say it. So when somebody says that they are sure that's the guy. There's actually a lot of studies out there that talk about why that is often not the case. And now that DNA comes around, they're proving it time and time again. But this guy's question was, back to it, does he have a right to be there with a lawyer for that photo array? So this police officer is saying, look. Now, he was the victim. No, no, no. This is the alleged driver of the hit-skipped car. So he's the guy that hit. He's the guy that ran away. He skipped. Or he's under investigation for skipping. Okay. And... Why, what photos does he have to look at? Well, he, wanted to, he wondered if he had a right to be there when the other side actually looked at the pictures. Okay. Uh, answer is no. You have no such right. Why you, would you want to be there? And why would you want to be there anyway? Because then that person is going to say, well, yeah, that's that, that guy. guy. <laughs> that means it's right in front of me. <laughs> I'll never forget a face. That's, that's why I was confused as to why he was going down there. Well, in theory, you could be behind like the, the proverbial one-way the, mirror or something. You know, dun, right dun. Yeah, like in uh, what was the old uh, Schwarzenegger movie? He's got a lot of old movies. Tom Arnold, you know it. Twins? No, no. Tom Arnold. Jamie <laughs> Lee Curtis, Tom Arnold. He was a CIA. They were CIA spies. He's riding a horse on a building. I don't know. I don't know. It's that actually one. a pretty good movie. All right, anyway. I was thinking of Law and Order. Uh-huh. Yeah, Dun-dun. so no, you don't have a right to be there. And uh, so let me just, we might as well just cover a couple things then. So a photo array is where they show pictures to the pers- the alleged eyewitness. Not even alleged. To the eyewitness who says, I would recognize the person, uh, it cannot be overly suggestive. So sometimes when we look at these, 
we see like one picture is really, like really zoomed in and yeah. different than the others. And then we go to court and we file motions to suppress the identification, have it excluded from court because it's overly suggestive and usually you lose those. So uh, the other type of sort of identification procedure they used to do, I haven't seen them in a long time, used to do show-ups where it's like we had four white males right. mugged me. Or, you know, we had a, a white guy mugged me as I was going into the Kroger over there on whatever. And uh, so what do they do? They go canvas or can, canvas, canvas the area. Yeah. They, they go search the area. Yeah. They go search the area. Hey, they, you, come here. Hey, you, yeah. They dig up all the usual suspects, so to speak. And they bring them right to the, I had this happen one time. The, the, uh, the victim was actually sitting in the back of the police cruiser yeah. and they brought this dude up in cuffs. Yeah. Said, is this the guy that... That just stole your purse. Yeah, that's him. I'll never yeah. forget him. I mean, it was the most it was the most yeah. ridiculous thing. And I then, had a case like that too. A guy was in the back of the police cruiser. This was years ago, with the back door open, and another cruiser comes with the alleged victim in it, and the lights are shining right on the guy. He's yeah. in the back of the cruiser in handcuffs. Oh, we, we're not so going to challenge around, the show up around Christmas time. It was like daylight out, mm-hmm. and we saw the intersection over there off State Street, right in front of my store. All of a sudden, the gray cloud, that's what they call the Westerville PD because they have the gray vehicles. The gray cloud shows up, boom, and they block this guy in, and we're, we're watching it go down, and we're like, what's going on? And next thing is they pull out the driver, and they pull out two passengers, and then uh, another squad car shows up, and they got, they got one guy, and they walk him over to the side of the squad car. They show up, probably. And that's why I said, I was like, well, they're identifying him. Yeah. So then next thing you know is we see these three, three people that were all in the car all get put in different police cars, taken off. And the car's still there. Then the door opens where they brought the one guy up to, and another gentleman gets out, goes over to his car, starts going through it, and he's, and he's pulling out all these, these packages, these Christmas packages and stuff. Oh. And uh, so I don't think it was his car, but they started giving it. Because I was like, what's going on here? Now they got this guy out. Because we were just standing there watching it. And uh, then they started handing him. They're like, what are they giving him? I was like, looks like Christmas present. So what am I, I don't know theory that you know the guy just got robbed yeah and he mm-hmm. saw the car saw whoever stole the christmas present saw them take off call the police they found the car they blocked it on state street then they walked the one guy over you know it was like is this the guy that you saw stealing you know because it was morning time it's probably about 10 10 30 in the morning or maybe took him off his porch or something he took him off his porch <laughs> yeah yeah but then how do they keep that for evidence that would suck I'm sorry kids you got to wait until this case is over in frank county that's usually about <laughs> right. eight nine months <laughs> So next Christmas, you're going to double up. <laughs> so lineups can be done that way. Lineups yeah. can be done that way. And then they have the old-fashioned one, like in the movie, The Usual Suspects, where they actually bring them mm-hmm. up, and they've got the sort of the grid in the background that shows height. And uh, they say, all right, turn to the right. Oh, it's uh, Raising Arizona. Turn to the right. Turn to the right. Mm-hmm. Turn to the right. Yeah, so they, they do that one. That's your other the, right. Your other right. <laughs> uh, and uh, there's IDs that way. I haven't had one of those in an awful long time, too. I think mostly it's photo arrays yeah, now. I think so. Mostly it's photo arrays. I have had one case, I think, in my 25 years where there, there was some sort of sketch artist involved, but there was nothing significant. Mm. Uh, so that is the eyewitness identification. And just remember that the U.S. Supreme Court has actually said years and years and years ago and spent a whole lot of time talking about how unreliable eyewitness identifications are yet they are relied upon daily anyway. And when you say, I'm, I'm sure, I'm 100% positive, I remember I had a guy who was a pizza delivery case where my client robbed a pizza guy, allegedly. He was acquitted, actually. But 
Uh, he was absolutely sure. I'm on the witness stand. I said, you're positive this is the kid. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't make a mistake ever. No, I'll, I'll never forget. Never forget. I'm like, but what if you're wrong? Right. I'm not. Yeah, but what if you are? I'm not. No chance? No. None in hell. No mistakes for you? No. You've never made a mistake on anything? No. Ever? No. I, mean, I had no cross to this guy. He was just so sure. I was like, so if, like, for instance, you ever counted out the wrong change, given the guy the thing? No. He's perfect. It's like, man, okay. I guess you got to be right then. Mm. You know, and he was just absolutely sure. Well, the, the argument you turn around is like, all right, well, he's delivering pizzas. He's making change. And then there's a freaking 357 revolver in his face. Like, you know, that's not the best of mental state to be remembering exactly what somebody looks like. So, and then there is a racial component to it too, where there's experts that'll come in and say, white guys can't identify black guys. And they, they would say that it's very difficult one way or another to do that. Uh, I don't know mm. if I believe in that nonsense, but it's, uh, that is, that, that's often portrayed out there. So there are experts who are called in often to testify on the unreliability of eyewitness identifications. Again, this is sort of my old, my old uh, pet saying is that everybody agrees that misidentifications happen routinely and they are often proven later through DNA and otherwise. Nobody ever thinks it's the case they're working on. Let that one sink in. Yeah. Nobody ever thinks it could be this case. They are always 100% <clears throat> sure. And do you really think that the ones where it was overturned on DNA, that they were not also 100% sure? Otherwise, you have to impute like the it, motive to wrongfully convict right. people, right? So anyway. Soapbox kicked over. Uh, all right. Next question. Impounded cars and DUIs. Turns out okay. they can impound your car. They can. And we had a question. Can I go get my stuff out of the impound lot when my car, out of my car, which is in the impound lot? Maybe. That's a big maybe. Mm-hmm. Jared? At times, it's a maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I think maybe is probably a good answer. It's, maybe is a, is, is, is a good answer. I don't know what impound lots you're talking about. And, you know, they have their rules and policies too. Yeah. So what happens is this. Your car, you've, you're drunk. And really, there's one of two ways to get your car impounded. Either you do it multiple times. And or, actually not impounded. So here's the deal. If you're pulled over for a first offense and you are drunk and you're getting arrested, right or wrong, uh, the police often will impound your car. They will, they will call in the wrecker. They will drag it over. They'll call Shamrock, and there you are. You're dealing with those guys the next day. Or you're, they're calling their folks, so they take it over to the uh, police impound lot. And now you're dealing with a private lot to get it out. Now, the question about whether you can get it out, that's a different issue. And, we, you know, the other question we get, I haven't, I'm not going to lie. We didn't get this question this time, but I'll answer it anyway. Do the police have to impound my car? Nope. No. No. All right, this is my jackass rule. If you're being a jackass, they will probably impound your car because they can. If you're being cool and your car's parked in a safe place, they may even just leave it there and say, just come get it tomorrow. So they do not have to impound your car. But if they do, generally speaking, the tow lot will let you go into your car with proper identification and take out certain effects if the police don't have some sort of hold or, or, or reason for them to keep it or hold it. Sometimes it takes a court order to do that. Uh, the length of the impound depends upon how many times you have decided to get drunk and drive and get caught. 
you know, if you're if you're your second offense, it's a ninety day immobilization, I think. Third, fourth about the fourth yeah. they start stealing your car through forfeiture. Forfeiture. Even on the third. On the third they can yeah. forfeit your car. So But second's when they start the immobilization and, and frankly that's kind of almost a different thing, but your car's still at the impound lot, but you don't want to be paying the fines and the fees, right? So hire us, we go in, we get a judge to sign an entry to relocate the vehicle. You can relocate your car. So if you have been un- so unfortunate boot it. to have uh, been caught twice and your car is subject to that pesky 90-day immobilization period, that does, in fact, mean you can't drive it. Uh, so you have an option, like Bill said, to uh, have it relocated so you're not paying impound fees to yeah. your house. If it's an apartment that needs permission, right. they'll stick the boot on it, and uh, you're screwed for 90 days and you know drive your grandma's car if you're allowed to. Yeah. And by forfeiture, by the way, we mean take your car away from you. Yes. If you are the registered owner of the vehicle, they can take your car. And generally, I haven't, I've had a couple of, uh, of those in the last couple of months, but OSP, Ohio State Patrol, or Columbus, they'll send a little letter to uh, yeah. the prosecutor saying, we are not interested in this vehicle. Turns out they don't want your 1989 yeah, right. Ford Escort. That's right. All right. So. We will take the brand new Corvette. Right. Yeah. Rest we, assured. We will take that. If you're driving a Ferrari, BMW, Corvette, or something that's paid off. Oh, yeah. Meaning you already own it, they will happily forfeit that take car. Take it off Have hands. Drive it, sell it. Now, the one thing you do need to worry about is that when they're nice enough not to impound your car, so you don't have to go get it. And it's your first DUI, and they let you out. And your buddy comes to pick you up. And then you decide oh, yeah. that you need... To get your car. I just got to have it tonight. I've, I've known of people that have gone back and retrieved their car. In my line of work, we call that the doubleheader. <laughs> <laughs> we got two games today, right. boys and girls. Right. So you get caught. I mean, just play this out. And this happens a lot. It, Several times a year, this happens. I, I get a guy, drunk driving, first offense, uh, they take him down, and he's cool. They they do whatever, and they, like I said, he's not a jackass. His car's at Kroger, and like you said, Jared, his buddy come and get, comes and gets him, he's just like, man, you want to screw around with this tomorrow? Nah, I'm fine. It's been four hours anyway. I'm just going to go yeah. get it now. Just take me to my car. So they go to the car. They drive it. Well, lo and behold, the same cop that just picked him off before right. is out again, right? I mean, he's not going to stop. He wants another haul of fish, so he's he's going out fishing again, and he sees him. Hey, I know you. It's mm-hmm. like... It, and it's like, it, the reports always read the same. As the uh, first yeah, ticket yeah. is sitting on the passenger seat with the uh, VMV right, I 2255. <laughs> I was out on routine patrol, and I noticed a car that I had just pulled over several hours before, and I recognized the driver as the individual who was driving four hours before. I knew him to be intoxicated because I had just released him, and uh, then they stop him, and it starts over. Now, the good news is um, if you get two the same night, they are both first offenses. I mean, assuming you don't have priors, they they're both first offenses. Or if you have a prior, they're both second offenses. It's not like the one, the first one's a second, and the second one's a third. It has to be a conviction to count for enhancement purposes. But I'm just here to tell you, it really sucks to defend that. Yeah. So here, let me just let me just get let clue you in. If you had a defense on the first one, you probably don't on the second one, or vice versa. Right? You're not gonna get a whole lot of sympathy. If you, even if you don't have a defense and you're looking for the really good guy defense, come on, don't they care that I have a job? Don't they care I go to yeah. church? Don't they care I have a family? Don't they care that this is going to ruin my life? I was like, yeah, I mean, they might have until right. you got the second one. Now they don't care so much. Yeah. If they did impound it, it takes three 
you, and two drivers to retrieve it. Another good point, right? So let's say you're smart enough to go and, and wait and say, I better sleep it off before I go get my car. Well, here's the problem. If you go with your buddy and say, oh, screw it, I'll get home somehow or another, I mean, we'll figure it out. Yeah, first of all, you got to get to the car. So the impound lot usually is going to require some paperwork that can usually be had on a first offense anyway, right at the police department where you just were last night. But you won't have your driver's license. But you won't have your driver's license, so bring some proof of ownership, which usually means a you know passport, some documents, uh, some sort of uh, registration. <clears throat> They'll even let you go to the car to get the registration. Some people, believe it or not, in this day and age, actually still keep a title to the car in their glove box. Hmm. That's dumb. Yeah. Just saying, dumb. You don't keep the title in the glove box. Just dumb. But, you know, I think it, it, it happens. Um, and then you say, all right, I just couldn't find my brother screwed me on this one. He was supposed to meet us here, but he didn't show up. I'm just going to just, just drive. You drive it out of here, and then I'll get behind the wheel later. And then you go back and get your car. Uh, all right, well, here's the problem with that. Last night, when you refused that breath test because you listened to the OV, DUI 360 and determined that wasn't the right move for you because you didn't have any priors and otherwise it was bad, um, you're under an administrative license suspension. That means you can't drive. That means it's a crime to drive or at least a traffic offense. And it carries with it the same mandatory minimum penalties as the DUI you picked up the night before. So when you get stopped on the way home by the same cop who's still out because you caught him on the end of the third shift and he's going home, he's like, man, I just gave that guy a suspension last night. He has an ALS, an administrative license suspension. He pulls you over. That's almost a doubleheader. Yeah. That's a minimum three days in the clink. Three days in the clink. More license. Mm -hmm. Then you end up in the BMV meat grinder. Yeah. I dare you to try to fix your license after all that crap. All right. So you get three days for driving uh, without a license. Driving on a, D on, a under DUI an suspension. OVI suspension. Oh, yeah. Okay. OVI yeah. Suspension. Not just driving on a suspension, but okay. OVI suspension. Yep. I mean, really, you're better off calling us that night before you went to the car the next day. Because we tell you that. We would, we would help you through all that stuff. We would help you through all that stuff. So... All right. What's next? next? It's it's icy outside. <coughs> it it's, is very icy outside. I mean, it's going to get cold. I mean, as cold as it is here, it's a good thing we're not in Minnesota, North Dakota, or Chi Town. Boy, they're going to get Ooh. hit. Yeah. I mean, tomorrow's high, or today's high, if you're listening to the podcast when it's being released, I think it's zero. Zero. And that is our high. A high of zero. Now, so we're not talking Celsius. That's not like the equivalent of 32 degrees. No. That's like 32 below. Yes. Or, yeah, that's, so that's the 32 goes below up freezing. 32 degrees, we will still be at freezing. Right. And that's not the wind chill. That's the straight metal cold right there. Mm -hmm. So fill up your tank of gas. Fill up your tanks. Get your pets inside, please. It's going to be cold. It's cold. Man. All right. So we're getting this question. Yeah. The question was, um, do I have a duty to shovel my neighbor will not right. shovel the walk, refuses yeah. to do it. Yes. Well, everybody's got that neighbor, right? So you got, you're in a neighborhood, it's connected, and uh, for whatever reason, they won't. I mean, I, I, my neighborhood's sort of like that. I, I don't shovel the sidewalks. I don't do it. Mm -hmm. It sucks. I hate shoveling, so I don't, I don't do it anyway. And I, and we don't have a lot of pedestrians running around my sidewalks, but uh, the question is, do you have a duty? And then what happens, I guess the corollary is, if I slip and fall? Yeah, so I looked up a case, a Supreme Court case, Ohio, or you... Ohio State Supreme Court case from 1993, and I think it stemmed from Franklin County. It was called Brickman v. Ross, and basically the ruling was very simple. Ohio homeowners are not obligated to remove natural accumulations of snow and ice due to Mother Nature. All right, so what this means is, this, and this case has some broad-reaching impact. When we, when we got this question, I asked Bill to look this up because my, my recollection was, if you slip on the natural accumulation of snow and ice, 
then you can't sue the person who didn't somehow take care of that. And the corollary of that is what if it is not natural? Can you then sue? And my only, all I know, this is a Goldstein question, but what I know is those are really hard cases to prove. The slip and falls on ice are really difficult because it's almost impossible to prove it's not some sort of natural accumulation even after you shoveled and it accumulated again and froze. Like, I mean, this happened. I had people over my house a few weeks ago and I shoveled the drive that a couple, oh, it was the day we were supposed to have all the snow and we had all the rain instead. Well, I was ready for it, man. I went out there and I salted my driveway and then it rained all day. Washed it all off for you. Washed it all off. It was so, they were so nice. And then I was like, well, then everybody was going to be picking up their kids. It was a sleepover and they were going to come over. I was like, well, now I got to do something. So the second it started to snow, I went out and I salted it again. And then it dumped about eight inches of snow because I knew the next day when I shoveled it, it wouldn't be frozen underneath then. And it worked. It was such a, Mm. I love it when a plan comes together. But anyway, the natural accumulation of ice and snow, if you slip on that uh, and hurt yourself, it sucks. Yep. But you can't sue the guy. Yeah, you're walking at your own risk when Mother Nature calls, basically. Now, now that, another question I think is, and, and I didn't look this up, but you know, what about these local ordinances that require you to shovel the sidewalk in front of your thing? That's a different story. Well, that's a different story, but here's the deal. Uh, there is going to be, again, it's really difficult to win lawsuits like this. Right. But on the other hand, I'm not saying you can't win a lawsuit and you shouldn't file. This is not legal advice not to file a lawsuit if you've been hurt really badly and somebody screwed you by not cleaner thing. That's a Goldstein question. Give him a call. Give us a call. Do whatever. But this is what the courts courts have said. And um, I forgot your question already. Oh, there's ordinances. There's, there's ordinances sometimes. I, yeah, I don't know. You I mean, know. I, I, I'd have to read the law and, and evaluate. I know, um, you know, so what if they're, what about a uh, homeowners association deal? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's another so thing. I'm following so, along with my homeowners association. I'm out there shoveling the driveway and the sidewalks. And then I see neighbor Tommy just came home, right? getting out of his car, he's got his groceries, I'm packing up a nice mm-hmm. one, nice big old snowball, right? Packing snow, nice and wet. <laughs> right in his face. And it's hilarious. <laughs> but Tommy didn't think it was no. hilarious. He didn't find it funny at all. Yeah. So next thing I know, can I get hit with assault? Yes. You have assaulted Tommy. Like, would it be with a weapon? Is uh, a snowball a weapon? Well, assault like, with a weapon depends. I mean, really, the question, it's now how, a matter how, how, of degree. How, how, I, how hard I packed it? No, no, no. It's going to be measured. It's, it's a matter of degree of injury. Okay. Assault in Ohio knowingly cause or attempt to cause physical harm to another. Um, if that physical harm, and that's a misdemeanor of the first degree, puts you in jail for up to six months, $1,000 fine. If you do it knowingly, if you do it negligently, if you say you're throwing a snowball at... You're just trying to hit a target and you miss him and you miss so badly that you hit him by accident. Now it's negligent. That's a misdemeanor of the third degree. Not only cause or att- negligently cause or attempt to cause harm to another. Um, now, if you do it knowingly, you, in other words, you threw that. I lost you, it. You knowingly used your arm in a way to hit the, aim that snowball at that dude. Now, now you've done it knowingly and you hit him in the face and it breaks his nose or his eye socket because it's an ice ball. Mm-hmm. That is serious physical harm. That makes it that makes it a felonious assault. Now, now, you're looking at eight years in the Hooskow. But he just it wasn't that bad. It wasn't packed that bad. He's got some <laughs> snow down his shirt, something in his ear. Simple assault, right? So now so, it's a that's clear. just a simple assault. Now, where I come from, <laughs> where I come from, if I'm Tommy, I'm not going to call the cops. I'm coming for revenge. 
but one day, oh yeah, you're getting yours, right? And that's how this stuff is. You pack the snowball, put it in the freezer, so that in July you could crack crack me inside the head with the snowball, get me back. That's what I'd be thinking about filling your mailbox full of snow and ice. Tonight would be a good night to do that too. You know, it'd freeze solid. (laughs) It would be then put some water in there. Oh yeah. I might think about doing that. I got another little uh, little tip for everybody because it's going to freeze up out there. I don't think we're going to have any accumulation. That's good. But we did have some freezing rain the other day. So I'm like this. I got to go out there and warm up my truck. So I go out there, and I'm pulling on the door. It's kind of frozen. Then you start to hear that, and then I hear this. Boom. I jerk the damn handle out right in my hand, bro. I pulled, I pulled the handle out of the truck. I, I just, I, I, it popped out. All right, what's the trick? What's the, yeah, what, what's, what's the trick? My new trick is this: grab a hold of the top of the door with your hand. That makes sense. You know, grab a hold of the grab a hold of the frame itself because I mean I was close. I was pulling. I was close, and then just it it just it popped. I mean, it didn't break, but I, I got to replace it. I got to get a new one. Now it's all dangling half out, half out on yeah, there. It's a hundred bucks. I mean, so it's, no matter it's, what it's, you do, it's a hundred probably. It, yeah, probably yeah, hundred because I got my neighbor's going to install it for me. Yeah, well, I'm talking I mean, about going to get the yeah, part. Going right. to get the part. Yeah, yeah. well, he, he works in a body shop. He ordered it for me. He called me and said, Zim. But just a little tip, the frozen door, watch those handles. They can they can break it. I told I told somebody that I did that a day or two later. He's like this. Remember how you said? He's like, my girlfriend just broke her door. And I was like, yeah. It hmm. happens. It happens. So I just so uh, I like little, that little tip public service. Yeah, little... just, just grab the metal. Grab the door. Un- you'll hear it unlatch. And then you can pull the door. I have, I have uh, done that for years. It's a, it's a game. It's like a little cat and mouse game with yourself. It's like, you know, if you pull too far, it's going to break it. And there's been times I was like, I can't do it. I, I know I've gone too far. I better not do any more. Uh, I've got a remote start now in my car, so I've been able to, to warm it up and, and, and get it done that way. But that's a good tip. I have a remote start, too. I just didn't use it. I guess I guess that would have been. I should talk to you before that. Use your remote start. Use your remote start. Warm the the thing up there. The day I was talking about my driveway, that's what I did. I tried to open my truck. It wouldn't do it. So I got it started with the remote thing, and then I shoveled the rest of the driveway. By the time I was done, it was still. I still had to yank it, but it was. I was able to get it open. Uh, All right. So any of your snow and ice needs, all you got to do is call Lawyer Talk. We got the answers, among other things. Uh, Hunting. So I had a question. It is. if I, if my buddy tells me I can hunt on his land, do I actually have, is that enough or do I actually have to have the written permission that is required? Well, uh, this has come up. Now, I'm a hunter. Mm, yeah. Uh, and this happens all the time. Don't worry, man. You're with me. <laughs> right. Oh, so like if I go with you and we're on someone else's land and I say, we allowed to be here? Steve says, yeah, yeah, yeah I, me, don't I, worry, man. I, I cool. hunt this land all the time. It's cool. I talked to the farmer. He says it's totally cool. And he's, I've got permission. And you say, well, did he give you written permission? You're like, no, nah, but I've known him for years. Right. Okay. Let's go hunt. Let's go hunt. All right. Well, here's what the law says. Actually, I'll look it up, but it's revised code 153317A. Uh, and actually it turns out you do, if they're really going to get technical about it, you do have to have written permission. All right, so you have to have a piece of paper that is written that says you, no person shall, here's what it says, no person shall hunt or trap on any lands, pond, lake, or private waters of another, except water claimed by the riparian, I don't even know what any of this nonsense is, but riparian rights, rights, or shoot, shoot at, catch, kill, injure, or pursue a wild bird, wild waterfowl, or wild animal thereon without obtaining written permission from the owner or the owner's authorized agent. All right, so what this means, and I actually had, this has come up, and I've had this question. Uh, 
if you don't have written permission and Mr. ODNR comes up on you and says, hey, how's it going? What you hunting, Bambi? Got your license with you? Yeah, sure. It's right here. Here you go. There you go. Can I see your gun? Sure, yeah. Everything's legal. Great. Uh, now, whose land is this? Oh, it's Farmer Bob's. You got your written permission? Nah, but he said it's cool. That's when it, gets, that's when it can go bad. That's when you can violate this law. And then they go up on Bill, and Bill said, well, Steve said it was cool. Yeah. Would you have your written permission from Steve? No. No. Right. It's cool, man. So here's the deal. I so actually, what if he got off? If, he, if he'd have been like, I know you said it's cool, but why don't you write me a letter? And you wrote him a letter. Right. So then, then we're start talking about now you're in what trouble. is the He's mental, not going to be in trouble? It could be, right. Now we're start talking about the mental element required to commit this offense. I think it would be recklessness, Wait. since it says nothing. Um, yeah. Or maybe none. It might be a strict liability. That's a whole could topic. Be, yeah. Into. But he could have a defense. I still wouldn't. I happened to run into some ODNR agents the other day at court, and I talked to them. I said, is a text message good enough? What if Farmer Bill just sent me a text, said, don't worry, man. If I said, hey, man, I'm hunting there in the morning. Is that cool? Uh, he said they would consider that good enough. Um, I wouldn't give that legal advice. I would still put a written piece of paper in your pocket. And then I asked him, well, what if Bill's with me and I've got the text? And he said, well, you're with him? And I said, yeah. He goes, well, look, we'd probably be okay. It would be a lot better and cleaner if he just had written permission and you had written permission. But the only, generally the only reason they would come on anybody's land to start checking for stuff like that is if they had a complaint. Hmm. But... You heard it here, not first, but you definitely heard, maybe first, but you heard it. Just get the piece of paper. You can go online and print it out. Yeah. You can print out the piece of paper. It's a permission slip. Oh, it's just a form. Sign. You yeah. can't just write a, you can't no, you can. Get, yeah. But just sign it and say it's good from the January 1 to January 1. You know, it's done. You got it the whole year and you're done. Make it two years, make it whatever. And then you just got it. So if you hunt Farmer Bill all the time, just have Farmer Bill give you the lifelong permission, keep it in your pocket with your license or on your phone or wherever, and you're, you're good to go. Mm-hmm. All right. The rodent case keeps coming. It does. We had somebody ask more about the rodent case. What do we know yeah. about that? Anything new going on over in that one? You know what? I think a lot of it's, a lot of it's what? I mean, the last, what, month has been almost gag orders. You can't communicate with this defendant. Maybe grandmothers can communicate with each other. Here's what I've learned, and we had some, we're getting follow-up questions on this all the time. We're doing our best to follow it, but here's what we learned. I had some, I know the lawyers, some of them anyway, and uh, we reached out. It turns out the judge has a gag order on the lawyers. They're not allowed to talk to the media, and it's very strict. So, you know, unlike, uh, I guess, I think that's probably wise if you're the court, trying to keep the the whole thing under some sort of semblance of court control. Uh, so we couldn't find out any good scoops, uh, but it does turn out that the case is progressing. There's been the standard death penalty motions have been filed. We talked about that on one of our prior episodes about what's getting filed. Uh, it turns out that some grandmothers or extras were indicted. They have recently pled not guilty. Uh, they were indicted for lying to the grand jury. So what that means is um, at some point the prosecutors or the, the state of Ohio convened a grand jury. And a grand jury is a secret proceeding, and it can be an investigative body. They use it to, the grand jury can issue subpoenas, and the subpoenas can be for documents, the subpoenas can be for testimony, and they called in some witnesses, it looks like some relatives of these people charged, and uh, they asked them questions, and they're under oath. So if you are asked a question at a grand jury under oath and lie, that is perjury, obstruction yep. of justice, sort of the the... the 
the stuff going on in the in the in stone the, um, in the stone and Mueller investigation. So, and you go back full circle with the first question about rights. You don't have a right to an attorney at a grand jury proceeding. No, no, you have a right to an attorney, but you don't have a right to have an attorney with you inside the Correct. grand jury. Yes. You can step outside the door if you need to ask me a question, but I can't go in there. Yes. I've done a lot of grand jury representation on, on little things and huge things. And here's how this goes down. Uh, somebody comes to me. Bill, you've been subpoenaed in the Roden case. Turns out somebody's told you something about something about something. And uh, you say, what do I do? I've got this subpoena. And the first thing I do is I look for a privilege, some, some reason why you may not be able to testify or want to testify. For instance, in Ohio, we still have a spousal privilege for a lot of things. So you, you cannot be compelled in Ohio and even federally at, at times uh, to testify against your spouse on communication, on things that were said during the course of your marriage. Uh, any spouse can waive that, by the way. Yeah. So if you... Look, your husband says, I'll just assert the privilege. You're like, okay. And then you go and say, I ain't asserting nothing. I ain't right. telling. I'm telling everything on that guy. The husband cannot assert the privilege against the wife, wife witness, right? Right, or yeah. vice versa. Um, now, not to be confused in Ohio with something called the spousal <laughs> competency. So privilege is stuff that's talked about, and uh, you can't be forced to divulge information or testimony or, or talk about things that were said. And Ohio is unique in the sense that we have something called spousal competency, and that means that under certain circumstances, a spouse is just flat out incompetent to testify. That means they're not allowed to testify. Competency means anybody can testify unless you're incompetent. Incompetent could mean like you're too young, uh, you don't have the mental capacity, um, you are, um, what's another one? Oh, you don't, know, you don't know the difference between right and right, you don't know what truth is. Uh, and in Ohio, it is a spouse testifying against the other spouse except for things like domestic violence and in uh, some exceptions. Things. So that's irrelevant for the rodents, but it came up that there were some grandmothers who have uh, been indicted along with the others. The other thing that happened is there was a report filed uh, by the ATF on items pulled from the well and other evidence taken. And I read some of the documents about this and there's like, well, here's what, here's the takeaway. They really, really searched the crap out of yeah. everything. Right. I mean, that's the, that's the takeaway. They, they talked about, Hundreds of photographs. Um, they talked about uh, going down into the well and looking for forensic evidence. Uh, the articles I looked into and read and the information I had, at least in the, on the fly, I couldn't get too much detail because I think it's all been sort of kept quiet. But there will come a time when uh, discovery and other evidence will become more public. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe, Bill, you owe it to us to go drive down yeah, there I'll go and down take there. through the file. You and Jared can do it. Make a road. You want a road trip, Jared? Let's go. All right. Pike County. We'll put on some. Who's that guy you like? Willie Clark. <laughs> Willie Clark. Willie is the Willie Clark. I don't know. I thought he was text something about this is yeah, my yeah. guy, Clark Jr. or Gives something. Clark, yeah. Yeah. Guy's good. I like him. Now it's be good. careful because that's 23. That is a drug corridor. Turns out people like to drive from Michigan all the way down to Portsmouth with drugs and they pull people over for even the slightest infraction sometimes on 23. Used to go that route to go visit my folks. They're living in Kentucky and one Moorhead. Mm -hmm. And that was the way you'd go. And uh, my mom got a number of tickets coming back and forth. Yeah. Because it, 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 goes, it goes from high to low. I right. mean, there's some areas in there where, I mean, it goes down like 25. And it's, there's nothing there. Yeah. It's right before, yeah. You, right before you come up to some lights and areas there. I mean, they yeah. can, they, there's, there's areas where it goes 55, 45, 25. Just in, in, you can get yeah. without paying attention. If you go down to Portsmouth, head east 
out towards West Portsmouth, and uh, you'll, you're, you're going to go past that to where the bridge is to cross over to Kentucky. You're going to go through a little place called Hanging Rock. Now, here's what goes down. It's like 70 miles an hour speed limit on that road. It's 23, I think, still there. It's like 70 miles an hour, and then in a blink of an eye, it's 55. And I got pulled over, and I don't speed anymore. I mean, I, I, I just sort of cruise along, listen to Lawyer Talk podcast, doing my thing. And uh, I see lights in my rearview mirror. I'm like, he comes up and goes, do you know why I pulled you over? I was like, I don't, honestly, I don't know. I had my thing pegged right here at 65 or 68. He goes, well, it's 55. I said, what? He goes, it's 55. It changes it to a little bit back there. I said, you're kidding me. He goes, no. I said, where? Uh, hanging Rock? Is that where this is? He goes, yeah. <laughs> like, I get it, Mr. Fife. I know what's yeah. going on, Roscoe P. Coltrane. So anyway, that... Uh, uh, it looks like we have one more question in the banks. Anybody know what ACDA means? Assured clear distance. Assured clear distance ahead. So somebody wants to know, if you run into somebody from behind and it's an icy road, are you still at fault? Short of the short, yes. But it's icy, man. It it's is not icy. my fault that it's icy. Well, it's one of those pesky strict liability <laughs> Strict liability, it turns out that you still have to leave a sure clear distance ahead, even on icy conditions like this, even in days when you have to use your right hand and your left hand to open your door because it's frozen shut. Uh, in natural or unnatural accumulation of ice on the road, you still have to leave a sure A little more assurance. A little more assurance. a little more assurance. That just means leave more. So when yes. it says leave a sure clear distance ahead, that means you have to leave enough so you can stop in any condition. So what's that mean? You're going to say, well, I couldn't stop. And the cop's going to say, I know, that sucks. Here's your ticket. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, that's it. I mean, right. it happens all the time. But, I mean, we, we can get you call us. We can get that resolved maybe for you. No, um, I've, I've got yeah. yeah. I know a guy that uh, sent you. You know a guy? I know a guy. All right. This guy is coming upon a stop sign. Guy stopped. He hits his, he hits his brakes. Slide, 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 slide. Boom. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, the police officer shows up, she comes up, talks to him, and she sees the situation, and she's like, you know what, I'm not going to write you a ticket, you guys exchange information, it'll all be good. As she's walking to her police car, she falls on the ice and hurts herself to the point where they call, somebody's going to come help her. So another officer shows up, helps get her up. Another, they like put her into her car, had another driver to take off, so then the, that officer Gave him the ticket. Oh. Yeah, he was like. The one no, that rolls up yeah, after. The one, the one that rolled up to help pick up the, the officer that fell down in the ice. What? He was like this. He's like, she said that we were just exchanging information. He's like, well, I see an accident. <laughs> he was like, it's so slippery. She fell down on the ice. You had to come pick her yeah. up. And he's like this. Yeah, that happened. And he, this is what else is happening. Yeah, it sucks. Here gonna, we go. Here's your ticket. You just sign here if you don't mind. And Mayor's Court's is, right up is, the road here, by the way. This so, is your uh, copy. <laughs> Have a good day. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's a good story that exemplifies officer discretion. And then the other thing that happens is a lot of days like this, when it's really icy, they just say, don't even call the police. Just, just phone yeah. in a report later. It's too much. Right. It's just too much. But generally what happens is the police don't want to give you tickets. I mean, they don't, I don't think, not all, I think most of them don't draw any sort of gross or sick satisfaction yeah. out of handing that ticket to yeah, you. It's work for him. But there's policies out there. I hate that word, but there's policies out there where the insurance companies want to know who's at fault. Yeah. So often the accident report and ticket will help them define that. And there's a, there's a case, I think it's state versus pond, P-O-N-D, that says if you go plead guilty to that ACDA or running a stop sign, it is per se 
negligent. Uh, that's all fancy talk to mean that means you're now going to be held liable for the civil damages caused as a result of that act. What's the takeaway? Don't plead, plead guilty. guilty. Don't sign the ticket and send it in. Don't just pay it. I think I'll just pay it because I blew it off and now it's the last day. I don't know what to do. Call Bill because he's yeah. here to help. 614-224-6142. There's a way around that. So here's how this goes. Even though you're guilty, you don't have to plead guilty. Yep. Should we say it again? Even yeah. though you're guilty, you don't have to you plead guilty. You don't have to plead guilty. And it's always better. Even if you, if you say, I don't want to waste time with lawyers, Palmer, Forney, I don't know, yeah. Beard. We don't care about those guys. Here's what you do. Go plead no contest. Say no contest. So go down, wait in line at courtroom 1A, 1B, or wherever jurisdiction you are, whatever traffic court there is. And when they call your name, you walk up and you say, I plead no contest. Right. No contest. Now, generally, when I hear people plead no contest, they think it's like they're getting one over on somebody. Yeah. It's like somehow I'm, it's better. Well, and most of the time it's not. Uh, most of the time you're still going to be found guilty, just like, you, just like if you pled guilty. They just have to read more stuff into the record to do it. But if you plead no contest in a case like ACDA or a civil case or a case, a criminal case or a traffic case where you actually hurt somebody or cause damage, then the no contest plea won't result in that per se finding of civil liability. Yeah, and disclaimer, we're not saying if you plead no contest, you can't be sued and found liable for these injuries. You've just made it a little more difficult. Yeah, exactly. You've, you've kept your options open, and that's a good thing. It's a snowy day. You're driving down the road. You go around a corner. You slide out. you off the road, somebody's yard, and you tear up the lawn. <laughs> and, and when the owner of the property was saying that he was going to call the cops, I said I didn't do anything. He starts telling me about his torn up yard, and I promised him I would fix it, which I did. I came back, shovels, reseeded it, dug it up. Got the really? dirt moved around. Well, I mean, that's the right it was it was do. over off Africa right. Road. This is this is back in high school. Yeah, that's I was, the right I thing was to going do. around a corner and I just it was it was snowing out and I didn't have the four wheel drive engaged because I had to lock the hubs. You gotta stop, get out, turn the hubs, engage the four wheel drive in this nineteen seventy nine Jeep CJ five that I had. You're a good citizen and, for uh, doing that. Well, well you got mainly caught. because well, I got he caught. You would have got the hell out of there. I mean, I was out locking the hubs to turn it into four wheel drive so I could get unstuck whenever he came up. Yeah. <clears throat> let me know that don't leave i'm calling the cops i said no i'm I'm gonna leave and he said no this this is the issue and he's like he had my license plate number so i knew he you know he, once again you'd be talking about this yeah. at the beginning he's, so full circle. he's, he's, he's gonna he's, be 100 percent positive he's, he's, i can see what you did there he's got he's got that right there so you i were came just back that and, good at lawyer talk but i'll tell you this old man came out and watched me he had a lawn chair he, he was not yeah. unless unless he was happy with it it was not going to be done unless I fixed Boy, it right. Boy, that's awkward, isn't it? That's like you're just out there with rakes and shovels yep. and seeding it. It's like, would you like bluegrass or would you like a mix? But, you know, it was my fault. I tore up his yard. Somebody, you know, I'd seen the, somebody ran off the road there, and my neighbor had his, has his culvert covered up, and uh, his truck, big truck, went off the road and just tore up his yard and crushed it. And uh, he put a big note up. He's like, you know who you are. Be a man. Because he just, whoever just pulled through and just left a tour. Because we don't have any sidewalks to shovel. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. No, you're out there. No, you're out there. Yeah, there there are no, no sidewalks. sidewalks. Now, I've had, I had a, it wasn't that long ago, I had DUI where a guy went off the road and ran into a living room. Mm. Right into it. Some damage to the old house. And another buddy of mine had an older gal, an older woman, probably wouldn't have passed the driving test if she had to take it, but it hadn't come up yet. Well, she hit the gas instead of the brake at a stop sign or something and went right into his house. 
you know, broke the, there was Man, a what kind of insurance is that? Because what, you mess with somebody's foundation. It was a big problem, right? That's it, a big problem. You might not, the insurance might you only go so far. Well, your property, it depends on the kind of insurance you have. If you have just pure, if you don't, well, if you don't have no insurance, you're screwed. If you have liability, uh, generally that'll cover it. That's, that would be like the minimum, but it's like there's, there's going to be levels of how much you buy. Right. And this is a yeah, public service announcement here. Buy freaking insurance. Right. Don't get minimum coverage. No. Don't Pay do the it. extra 10 bucks to get a 150, 300 or whatever you need to do. Right. If you're, if you're at the minimums. Yeah. Don't do that. Right. That's, that's just, a, it, it don't, it, it don't. You're really, you're going to, you're going to cause yourself and infinitely worse, somebody else, a whole lot of trouble. Get, get real coverage. I've had people who make lots and lots of money who have come through here and they, they got minimum coverage. It, it's like, it, it's insanity. Get an umbrella policy. I mean, let's go crazy. Spend an extra hundred bucks a year and get a million dollars coverage. I mean, all right, I'm done. I'm done. All right. Well, that is a lawyer talk grab bag, uh, edition off the record. Uh, on the air, answering everybody's questions. So one more time, I and mean, you got a question, give us a call, 614-224-6142. Uh, you can send it to the website, ohiolegaldefense.com. There's a little podcast tab. I think that's called a tab. All you got to do is yep, put your it. mouse pointer, hit click, and then it'll bring up some way, some form that you can send us a question. You could even come down here and knock on the window and say, I got a question for lawyer talk, man. Yeah. We'll, we'll write it down. We'll, we'll read it on here. You can go to the vape store in Westerville, Advanced Vapor. I'll let you provide Drop it off. Vapor. Drop it off. 536 South State Street. Yep. And uh, we'll make sure it gets answered. Uh, if it's a good enough question, maybe you can even come on lawyer talk with us. Wouldn't that be fun? All right. That is uh, lawyer talk off the record, on the air, answering everybody's questions, at least until now.